you can imagine if you put this literally from verse 1. Save me, O God, for the flood waters are up my neck. Imagine if it was back in 96, the floods. And you can imagine if this entire church was flooded and the water was reaching up to your neck. Imagine you cannot swim. What would you do? This is the situation that David is in. That his troubles are like the flood waters that have reached up to his neck. If the waters have reached your neck, they are almost covering your entire face. And you are almost drowning. Verse 2. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. In some places there are the quicksand. This is almost like that. You know in the quicksand, once you enter the quicksand, the more you struggle, the deeper you go inside. The more you fight in that quicksand, the deeper and deeper you go. So you can imagine the flood waters are up to his neck. I want you to picture that. And he's in quicksand. And he's trying his very best, but he keeps sinking. He's in deep waters, and the floods are overwhelming him. Verse 3, I am exhausted from crying for help. Have you ever cried for help until you were exhausted? Can you imagine you are in trouble and you are crying for help until your voice cannot even scream anymore? How many people have reached that place when asking something from God? Or do we just, oh God, please help me? And you just keep quiet. Have you reached that point where you are exhausted? Your thought is patched. Picture a very sunny day. Picture no water. Hmm? You know when your throat, yani unaskia ugumu kwa throat yako. How many of us have really cried unto God until we reach this place? Or do we just give up when we just pray once, twice? Have we really asked from God until your throat is parched? Your eyes are swollen from weeping. Have you ever cried unto God until your eyes are swollen? We really need to reach such places whereby you cry unto the Lord until your eyes are swollen because you are crying, uncontrollable crying unto the Lord. Let's go to verse 8. Even my own brothers pretend they don't know me. They treat me like a stranger. How many times have you asked for help from your friends, from your family, and they pretend as though they don't know you? Hi, Tom, Miss Yukujui. Ningetaka kukusaidia lakini? Hapo Sikujui. That close friend that you always help, but when you are in need, Sikujui. Have we reached that place whereby our closest people abandon us? Who will you look unto when this moment arrives? Will you look unto your friends? 
Will you look unto the, the rich relative you have? Where is your help? When we are completely down, we are tempted to turn from God. We are tempted to give up and to quit trusting in him. There are times you are in trouble and you ask God, please God, help me. You know, sometimes we love giving God timelines. Huh? God, by the end of the week, natako nifanyie hi. We have asked God for such things. By the end of today, I want this miracle, God. And we forget that God's timelines are not our timelines. There are those prayers that, yes, at the end of the day, he will sort you out. But there are those prayers, you will wait, you will wait, and you will wait. So how long are you willing to wait for the Lord? How long are you willing to wait before you turn from God? How long are you willing to wait before you start looking now? I think now I can talk to I think now I can talk to how many times are we guilty of that? You have been trusting in something from God. Maybe not after cars. Let's say, for example, you're looking for a job. And you're really trusting in God. But you say, I know someone in that organization and is any connect. Hmm? Why do we forget and we turn away from God? We stop trusting him and we start trusting in our own ways. What makes us stop trusting in God? What makes us stop trusting that, yes, he said he will do it and he will do it. But we continuously look into our own ways. Let's go to Psalms chapter 27. Psalms chapter 27, verse 14. It says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. If we look at the life of David... David had to wait for very long for the Lord to crown him king over Israel. David was anointed by Samuel at the age of 16, but had to wait till the age of 30 to be king. If it was you, God has given you a promise at age 16, and you have to wait until you are 30. How many years are those? 14 years. Of waiting. How many of us have waited for something for 14 years? I don't believe any of us has waited for something for 14 years. You have a promise from God that yes, David, you will be made king over Israel. But he waited for 14 years to be the king. And during this time, you know, it's not easy. 
you know, David was not just lounging somewhere, waiting to be king. Remember, he was being chased by Saul, who wanted to kill him. In the wilderness, trying every way in order to kill him. And picture even David, when David got into that kingship, his son wanted to overthrow him. Hmm? So what are you waiting on the Lord for? Are you willing to wait for 14 years like David did? Or are you willing to give up and look into your own ways? Waiting on God is not easy. Often, it may seem as, not, as though he is not answering our prayers or he doesn't understand the urgency of our situation. God does not understand how urgently I need this thing. How many times have we said that to the Lord? But is that true? Does God understand what we are going through? Does God know what we are going through? He does. Many a times we forget who God is. Many a times we forget all he has done for us. I want us to look into our lives five years back. Where were you? Maybe now you have a thriving business. Maybe now you supply things to many people. You sell things to many people. But five years back, where were you? Maybe you had that small shop hidden somewhere. But now that you have reached here, you have already forgotten where God has brought you from. You already forget what he can do. You had that job, maybe you are earning 5,000. Now you are earning 50, but you are saying, ah, 50 ni kidogo. Mungu How quickly do we forget where we are coming from? Let's take a look about some of the people who waited on the Lord in the Bible. We can begin with Abraham. Let's open our Bibles in the book of Genesis, chapter 12. Genesis, chapter 12. If you are there, say amen. Genesis, chapter 12. From verse 1. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. 
Now, this is Abraham. God is promising him that he will make him into a great nation. And that is through family. He will give him children. He will increase him. And at this time, Abraham is busy looking for a child. And we all know the story of Abraham. Did this come immediately? Did he get Isaac immediately? Okay, God has promised me today that I'll be a father of great nations. And the next day, his wife conceives. Did it happen that way? No, it didn't. And in Genesis chapter 15, from verse 1 to 6, sometime after, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, for I will protect you and the reward will be great. But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my house, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said unto him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Remember that verse and jump to chapter 16. In verse 1, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she said she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar and gave her to Abraham as a wife. And we all know what happened after that. She gave birth to Ishmael. Now just a chapter before that, God had promised Abraham a son. But he did what we normally do. Hmm? we forget God's promise and we think we can do it on our own. Yes, Mungu aliniambia ndapata mtoto, but let me now go through this other way and get a, a child. Abraham forgot the promise that God had said he would perform for him. And he went ahead and got Ishmael. And we all know the history of Ishmael and the Israelites. So are we going to be like Abraham and forget what the Lord had promised for us and look into our own ways and get our Ishmael? We look into our own connections and get our Ishmael instead of waiting for Isaac that was promised unto us? The second person is Joseph. Picture Joseph as a young man when he was telling his brothers about his dreams, how the sheaves bowed down to his. You know, God was showing him what would come. But this did not come instantly. 
Joseph didn't just wake up and become the ruler in Egypt. He had to be sold as a slave. He had to go through Potiphar's house. He had to be put in the cell. You can imagine all those tribulations for him to finally reach where God had intended him to reach. The third person is Job. Job was a very wealthy man. And what happened? God destroyed all that he had. Are you trusting in your riches? What if God comes and destroys everything you have? Are you trusting in your little business? What if God comes and destroys everything? Will you still trust in God? You know, you will not lose how Job lost. Job lost his entire family, his children. He lost all his animals. He lost everything. Have you really lost everything? Have we really reached that point where we have lost everything? Where we look back and say, Sinata ndururum kononi. Yani, all your possessions are gone. Have we reached there? No, we haven't. What if God made us reach that point? Like Job. Will we curse God like he was being advised to do? Or will we continuously trust him like Job did? Will you continuously trust in God that he's able to even give me double what I had before? Or are you going to curse God and say, Ay, let me look into my own ways. The, the last person is Simeon. Let's open Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. I was trying to look into the life of Simeon, and he can imagine that this promise was probably made a long time in his life. And he had to wait for very long for him to be able to see the promised Messiah. Picture yourself of Simeon. Maybe this... Maybe this promise came when you were about 30 and you were told that you will see the Messiah. But then you see the Messiah when you are almost dying. When you are very old, will you continuously trust in the Lord for all those many years like Simeon did so as to be able to hold the Messiah in his hands? Or will you give up like so many people do? Let's open 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
1st Corinthians chapter 15 This is Paul speaking You can read from verse 3 I passed on to you what was most important and what also passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by twelve, and after then he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. I got a deeper meaning of this scripture. When Jesus resurrected, we are told that he showed himself to his followers. And here, Paul is saying he showed himself to about 500 of his followers. And I'm sure when he showed himself to these 500 people, he told them, wait upon me and I will send a helper who is going to help you. Think to Acts. How many people met the Holy Spirit? Who can give me the number of people who met the Holy Spirit? 120. So if 120 people met the Holy Spirit, what happened to this 380? Because we, we are told that Jesus went about meeting his followers and there are about 500 of them, Right? And we can say that these 500 were all told that, wait, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. But how many people waited? Only 120. Imagine you are one of these 500 people. You don't know what the Holy Spirit is, number one. You're only used to Jesus. See, yes, no, kila siku. But now Jesus is saying, I'll go and I'll give you the Holy Spirit. How many of us would have waited? This is something you don't know. You have no idea what the Holy Spirit is. And Jesus never said, wait for me 10 days. The Holy Spirit is going to come. He never said, wait for me 5 days. The Holy Spirit is going to come. They were only told, wait. Are we part of the 120 who will wait? Or are we part of the 380 people who will go about their businesses? Yes, it's been too long. Was he really sure about this Holy Spirit? Huh? Did he really say we wait? Or we go about doing our businesses, the Holy Spirit will find us where we are. Are we part of the 320 or 380 who lost their chance to meet the Holy Spirit? Have you waited on the Lord like the 120? You have waited for the long for so long until you are able to grasp what he said he was going to send to you. Or are you part of this 380 who's just said, ah, what is it that you're waiting on the Lord for? Have you really waited long enough? 
Or have you become the 380 who missed the Holy Spirit? As I close, I have four things that you should do while you wait. Four things that you should do as you wait. Number one, and most important, is to pray. Sometimes we may go through things so that they may strengthen our faith in God. Sometimes you are going through a situation only that it may strengthen your faith in God. In 1 Peter chapter 5, if we may open there. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Give all your worries to God for he cares about you. When we carry our worries and our cares by ourselves, what does that show? It shows that we are not fully trusting in God. Hmm? Have you reached a situation where you just leave everything to God? You need to reach that situation whereby you say, Izi zote zimenishinda. I only leave them to God. Are we able to trust in God so much that we say everything he mungu shika just take care of it when will we reach that situation whereby we stop thinking of how I can do it how my friend can help me do it but only how God can do it amen the number thing Second, my number two thing to do is to read the Bible. You know, sometimes when you are going through hard things, we forget about reading the Bible. Reading the Bible helps us to be armed in such situations. In Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. This is about the whole armor of God. A final word from verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Amen. 
So we are being told to put on the whole armor of God. Whenever you're going through something, kindly refer to the Bible. Don't look into your own ways. Refer to the Bible. Go back to what the word of the Lord says. Number three, write down what God has done for you. You know, usually when we are waiting on the Lord, we forget what he has done for us. So when you are asking for the Lord for something and you have really waited, the third thing you should do, write down all he has done for you previously. Write down, he helped me get my first job. He healed me when I was sick. He did this and this and this for me. You know what this does? It reminds you of God's faithfulness. You know, usually when you are going through some difficulty, we forget what the Lord has done for us. Picture David when he was going to fight Goliath. What did he do? He remembered what God had done for him. The God who helped me kill that lion that was attacking my, my sheep or that bear that was attacking my flock is the same God that will help me defeat Goliath. The same God who helped you in the past is the same God who will help you now. Amen. And lastly, think of all his promises. Think of all his promises. God has made so many promises. But sometimes we forget the promises that he has made. And you can find it. Let's flip to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. If you are there, please say amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Remember that what you are going through works together for good. You know, sometimes you are going through something and you really can't understand. Lord, why did you make this situation come my way? Why am I going through this difficulty? At the end of the day, when you look back, you will see that it happened for your good. Maybe it was to increase your faith in the Lord. Maybe it was to show you that you can only trust in God. So number four, think of all his promises. And as I close, let's open Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 this is another version for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come Amen Though it tarries, wait for it, it will surely come. 
And in Isaiah 40 verse 31, those that hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So what are you waiting on the Lord for this morning? Have you given up? Have you started to look into your own ways of how I can achieve this thing? The Lord is here to remind you not to forget his faithfulness. Because though he may tarry, it will surely come. Amen. Be blessed.